welcome to Trashy Trashy, where we take a dumpster dive on this week's Trashy's news stories and a look at all the garbage people. And all I want for Christmas is for you to rate and review this podcast. My name is Erica, and I'm your host. And my name is Cassandra, and I'm your other host. Hey, Cass, how have you been trashed this week? Okay, so I is this trashy? Yes, of course. It's me. But I feel like we should be proud of me a little bit. So we've been doing a lot of stories as of late about people getting caught on Zoom meetings with their cameras on, you know, maybe getting caught masturbating or caught, you know, with their gay lover in the house, you know, just getting caught going to the bathroom, people getting caught on Zoom right now. So I was working over at my boyfriend's house. (laughs) You know, we both work from home at our respective jobs. And my job has been a little bit slower as of late holidays approaching. And so I was like, "Mm, I'm going to take my shirt off and go put my boobs in his face because I'm bored and I don't have any more work to do. (laughs) And so I had had like a cute bra and I was like, (laughs) like, what's up? And so he was like, great, I'm going to receive these boobs. But he was about to get into a meeting and I didn't know, I didn't know all that. So I'm giving him my boobs and then his boss's face pops up on his computer and I, Erica, I hit the deck. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, now you see me, now you don't. <laughs> like, I hit the deck and his camera was off and he knew that. I didn't know that though. And I said, nope, I am not, <laughs> I will not. Let him lose his job because I wanted to put some boobs in face. So, uh, yep. <laughs> and I immediately thought of you. That's and- like a, a half tubing. That's so funny. Yeah. Got to. Got to hit the deck. <laughs> That's athletic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I essentially like did a burpee. <laughs> it's like, bomb. Anyways, it was not that athletic, honestly. It was, it was me. It was like a whole, it was like really clumsy and I was like weirdly backing away. It was, it was weird. Why are you trash this week? Well, I I have therapy on Thursday mornings prior to work. Mm. And I was a little stomach sick the night before. And I woke up a little stomach sick the day of. And I lied to my therapist about 30 minutes into our session and said that I had to go to the bathroom just to end therapy early. And I think that's pretty trash. (laughs) Wait, so you wanted therapy to end early? Yes. So you said you had to go to the bathroom, but Uh you didn't? I didn't. So why did you include all that stuff about being sick? I I mean, I was kind of sick throughout the day. I did have some gastrointestinal issues, mm-hmm. but not at that moment. Why did you want to end therapy early? I just felt like we weren't we weren't doing the work. Oh. We weren't getting anything. I was bored with it, and I just was too embarrassed to say, "Hey, I don't want to do this right now." Wow. Yeah, it's pretty trash. You can't lie to your therapist, Erica. I know. I feel like I should tell her next session. But you know what she's going to say. Why did you feel the need to do that? Exactly. And then I'm going to have to do the work. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes you got to force yourself into it. The it's worst true. is when I'm- you 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 spend like 40 minutes yapping about nothing and then all of a sudden something really deep and juicy comes out in the last 10 minutes of therapy and you're like, no, the work. And they're like, we'll pick it up next week. And then by next week, you're like, I've got 
15 other things that I needed to address now. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like I'm in Groundhog Day of nothing where everything just – nothing's happening. Yeah. And so we've got to go dig up old stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not ready to do it sometimes. Sure. Well, Especially um, not at 8 a.m. on a Thursday. 8 a.m. Holy fuck, that's early. I do my therapy at 10 a.m. on Friday before work. Or, well, I guess in the midst of work, which is a questionable choice on my part, but I do like to get it over with in the mornings. I like getting it over with in the mornings as well. Yeah. But look at us, we're both in therapy. Hey, we're both in therapy. And you should be too, listener. You have trauma you don't even realize, I promise. Everybody must get into therapy. Uh, I have a listener trash this week as well. Okay. This is from Anonymous. Uh Uh-oh. But I've talked previously about a summer camp that I used to work for for my university. Mm-hmm. And a now pastor one time left camp early to attend a bachelor party. <gasps> okay. Snuck back into camp, poured beans on themselves, and then went up to one of the counselors, like the executive counselors, and said, uh... I got sick and I threw up, so I went to the woods for a while to to get sick, and that was their excuse. <laughs> and they thought the beans would like be the vomit and the proof. Like if you that, went to oh, the woods what? to get sick, you don't have to throw up on yourself. It was not a well thought out plan. And this man is in charge of people's spiritual health now. Wow! Did you ever used to like fake throw up to get out of going to school? I just would say I threw up. Not, I wouldn't show. Yeah, I would say that. And then at one point I was like, if I put food in my mouth and I hold on to it, I can throw it up later. Like literally like a, like just holding it in my mouth like a bird or something. But that didn't work. It didn't work? No, because you can't talk, you know? Uh, 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 I'm literally yeah. just like silent, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. oh my God, look what happened. After 10 minutes, I can't believe food could make me so sick after 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, well. I ordered a food this week that made me sick, like a Wednesday night food that did make me sick. What was it? And that's that's a great question. I had ordered from, I think it's an Instagram-only restaurant on Postmates. Oh, okay. Or, you know, like Postmates-only exclusive, which, by the way, those are almost 100% garbage. Yeah. 100% garbage. That's good to know. Yeah. I would avoid, avoid, avoid. You know what I would avoid? Our next story. Big fucking time. According to fox6now.com, the DHS warns against the cannibal sandwich, which is a Wisconsin tradition. Officials from the Wisconsin Department of Health Services are warning against the so-called cannibal sandwich. It consists of raw, lean ground beef served on especially rye cocktail bread with sliced onions, salt, and pepper, also known as tiger meat, steak tartare, or simply raw beef and onions. Okay, I've heard of steak tartare before. I haven't eaten it. I'll eat pretty much everything. I, I really, I I like to explore new foods and something like that. For some reason, though, because I've been in Europe and someone who I was with ordered steak tartare, and I was like, God, I just really don't want to try that because like, I know precisely what it is and for some reason i'm more and this isn't going this isn't go with fish but like for like meat meat like i'm i'm more inclined to try something new if it's been cooked like i'll try a weird 
meat if you cook it. But when you're just like, do you want this raw thing? I'm like, fuck no, I don't want that. I had a friend that was a manager at a very nice steakhouse in West Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And he invited me and my boyfriend to come eat there one night. So we go and it was a very pricey menu. And so we ordered the cheapest thing on the menu, both of us. Because we didn't, you know, we wanted to both order something. Mm-hmm. And then he comes over after we placed our order and he was like, um, I ripped up your order. Here's what I'm sending out. I'm sending out the steak tartare. I'm sending out two appetizers. I'm sending out, a, you know, a steak. I'm sending out a bottle of wine. Like he hooked us up. Right. But we had no idea we were getting the hookup. <laughs> yeah, it sounds if he invites you to eat there, it seems like you're getting some sort of discount. Uh, well, we didn't know, so we, you know, we just tipped our waiter like crazy, right? Because the whole meal was comped. But I've had steak tartare. Was I it don't good? care for it. No. Okay. Was the rest of the meal good though? Oh, it was incredible. So, according to the Wisconsin Historical Society, these sandwiches have traditionally been served at holiday parties and other festive gatherings in the Milwaukee area. So fucking nasty, Milwaukee. A historian, John Gerda. He served it at his 1977 wedding reception. He told Fox News that in 2013, the sandwiches has been a festive dish in German, Polish, and other ethnic communities in the Milwaukee area since the 19th century, adding it was once common to see them at wedding receptions, meals following funerals, Christmas Eve, and New Year's Eve parties. Tasteofhome.com notes that it can be talked with topped with raw egg yolk, because why the fuck not? Like, dude, this is so ucky. I would, I would be terrified to eat it. I waited tables for like years, so I've had to take, you know, all of the health classes to learn. And like, this shit's. I mean, that's dangerous to eat. Again, I don't hold these rules to myself when I eat fish, so I don't know why I, I can't wrap my head around this. But it, this just sounds so fucking gross. It sounds so nasty. I like a, a rare. Like a medium oh, yeah. rare, but you got to have some brown on it. You got to have some sizzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I don't mind if I eat like a real bloody steak, but yeah, I don't know about it. It's like, doesn't like steak tartare come in like, it's like ground beef basically, but raw. But totally raw. Blech. State health officials warn against ground beef should always be cooked at least 160 degrees and never eat it because it's recommended because of the bacterium it can contain. According to the DHS, Salmonella, E. coli, Campylobacter, and Listeria are all bacteria that can be found in raw and undercooked beef. Campylobacter. What is that word? That's a great question. <laughs> I don't want to wake up with it. No. Oh my god, I've got bubble guts. Why? Campy love actor. Like, what? Campy love actor sounds like... <laughs> yeah, campy love actor. <laughs> yeah. I woke sounds up... Sounds like a bad category of, like, soap acting. A campy, campy love, love actor? actor? <laughs> oh, man. How do you feel about our next story? Oh, I it's got me fired up. Tell the people. According to Rollingstone.com, an EMT joined OnlyFans to make ends meet. Then the New York Post shamed her. New York Post, something that we use for Trashy Trashy Podcast. Uh, Listen, we don't endorse the New York Post, but it is a place where we get the news. We don't endorse any of these websites, except obviously I do pay for the New York Times, not to brag. And, you know, Erica loves Consequence of Sounds. 
The real shame here is that the 23-year-old couldn't survive off a salary as a medical worker, not that she turned to the picture-sharing app as millions of Americans have done during the pandemic. Yeah, so OnlyFans has exploded in popularity during the pandemic. If you don't know what it is, which I doubt you're listening to this podcast and think, what is an OnlyFans? I feel like we are really like side-by-side side with OnlyFans. Yes. <laughs> I think so. It is a content subscription platform that allows influencers and content creators to monetize said content, but it's primarily used by sex workers because they post racy comments on content on their feed in exchange for a monthly subscriber fee. And over the pandemic, it has grown exponentially at one point seeing a 75% increase in signups. And many users have turned to the platform as a way to make ends meet. One of them was Lauren Kwai. 23-year-old base paramedic who turned to posting semi-racy content on the platform to supplement her income. She also reportedly worked as a hostess in a Korean restaurant, meaning, like many Americans, she juggled multiple jobs in order to make a living. So the New York Post, instead of, you know, being like, hey, bummer that you have to do, or not, not even a bummer, but like, shitty that you have the, this many jobs, instead decided to fucking shame her and possibly putting her job as a healthcare worker at risk by posting a story about this. Yes, reporter Susan Eldeman and Dean Balshimi decided to dox her using her last name and first name in the story. It's pretty bad. I mean, this this is really shitty. I'm not I'm not going to shame sex work, so I'm not going to say that it's shitty that she had to turn to that whatever whatever. I'm shaming the fact that it it's almost impossible to only work one job in this country. And the 40-hour work week was built on the assumption that one person would work and one person would take care of the home. Yeah. Like, that was the concept. And so for the fact that we are doing both 40 hours of work and taking care of individual homes, it it's, it's a, I mean, capitalism is to blame here. <laughs> it's a bad system. Yeah, it's really bad. So she has a sense like she's got to go fund me. So she's, you know, raising money now and stuff. And AOC came out and was like, leave her alone. The actual scandalous headline here is medics in the United States need two jobs to survive. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's honorable. She didn't ask her parents for money because she's an adult and wanted to make her own money. She's never spoken about her pictures at her. She maybe couldn't even ask job. her parents. We don't know. We don't know what her life is. Yeah, we probably, I mean, most parents aren't in a position to help their kids in a lot of ways. Boo. Boo, 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 New York Post. Speaking of boo, to the New York Times, which again, <laughs> I'm not trying to brag, but I do subscribe to the New York Times. Perez Hilton has been banned from TikTok. The celebrity blogger was banned from TikTok on Saturday in a move that he said was influenced by the app's biggest stars. Hey, listener, do you remember who the fuck Perez Hilton is? He's the guy who's made a career on being a fucking asshole to celebrities. Being an asshole, outing people, bullying people, mocking people. His website screams, help me, I'm insecure about myself and I want to talk shit about other people. Like, I, when I was reading through the story, I'm like, Good. Fuck him. It's not, it doesn't pay to be a dick anymore. And I want more things to happen like this so that people really, really, that's really solidified is that we're going in a direction as a society where nobody likes people who are fucking mean anymore. Mm hmm. And Perez Helton is fucking mean. Except for us. We can be a little mean. Are we mean? 
Like no, mean- I think we're, we're on the right side of most issues. Perez Hilton is mean to Angelina Jolie, like in the middle of her, her divorce, where she and her, you know, eight kids and Brad Pitt are going through a divorce. He's fucking mean to her. You and I are mean to people who throw super spreader events. I think it's different. It's different. You're right. One of the people that he criticized was Charlie, who is the biggest TikTok star on the app. She has the most followers. Charlie DeMillo. He commented, anyone else think it's inappropriate for a 15-year-old to dance to this? Hey, guess what, Perez? That's what TikTok is, bro. It's people dancing in bikinis and having fun. And Charlie just replied, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to have fun. Winky face. Yeah. I, one of the best like burns on here is the influencers. Tatiana Mitchell with 4.5 million followers said, I don't know, Perez, maybe it's time for you to just go to Facebook or something. Burn. She what said, take your old ass out of TikTok. This isn't for you. Go be on Facebook or something. Damn. I I mean, that's a burn. Grace Honeycutt, 17, a TikToker with nearly 20,000 followers, said, I think it's a good decision for him to be banned. He used his platform to throw around drama, which is not a good thing to use his platform for. Perez Hilton's TikTok falls into or posts fall into the loose category on the app known as T-Talk or Messy Talk. And I think we, I mean, we talk about this all the time. We're like, how did we get to this part of TikTok? Which, where's your algorithm got you at right now, Erica? Oh, it's Sugar Daddy How-Tos. Ooh. Yeah, I'm learning a lot. I love that. I feel like I'm just really, really deep in cats right now. Cat TikTok. And my goodness, one of my friends, she was like, have you gotten to Ratatouille TikTok yet? And I was like, what? And she's like, watch this. And I was like, no, no, I will not. I do not want to be in Ratatouille TikTok. And you would not believe two days ago what popped up in my feed, but a fucking Ratatouille TikTok. And as soon as I realized it was Ratatouille, I was like, no. And I got, I was like, get out of here. I don't want to be part of Ratatouille TikTok. What? The, the movie? The Pixar movie? Yes, the Pixar movie, Erica. People on TikTok are creating their own TikTok for Ratatouille and they're creating original songs and... It's out of control, and I want no part of it. This is absolutely wild. <laughs> Get out of there. Yeah, I'm out of it. But so he, there's other TikToks who are similar to Perez Hilton's. Otherwise, they wouldn't have T-Talk and Messy mm-hmm. Talk. I don't know. I There's a comment on here that says from Ben Goggin, who's a digital culture editor at Insider. He said, frankly, this is pretty disturbing to me. Perez was and is a controversial media figure, but this feels like a dangerous step towards media censorship in favor of prioritizing the feelings of popular creators. And I get that. But at the same time, I would never like, if TMZ went out of business, I would never be like, that's pretty disturbing to me. I feel like that's really protecting all the celebrities. No, I'm sorry. You're not nice. I, I like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm I don't comment on shit. children's Instagrams. No. I don't comment on children TikToks. If you are under 18, uh, you almost do not exist to me on social media. I will comment on, on a friend's post about their baby or their child and support and make a nice heart emoji or cute emoji. But 
children creating content, I am in my 30s. I have no business looking at children's social medias. I mean, you've said multiple times on this podcast that if someone is uh, under 18 listening to us to stop, which I always said no to. But I mean, I'm glad that this that your stance on the youth is, you know, universal to all kinds of moments in your life. I just, I don't need to see it. It's not content for me. I don't want to comment on it. I don't need to disturb their psyche. I don't want to be the person that does something that becomes a memory or an imprint for them in some way. I have two things to say about this. Number one, I think about this all the time when I listen to like Blink-182. Have I talked about this before on the podcast? Uh Uh-huh. It's crazy to me. I'm like, like I literally was listening to Blink-182 again the other day and it was like, 16's unsafe. (laughs) How old were you when you wrote this? You were mid-20s at least. Yeah, and like, what are you talking about? Like, And then I was having this conversation today with my boyfriend where it was like, we're talking about, without getting like super, super like far away from the subject of what we're talking about right now, is like, essentially, when someone's like, oh, I'm getting blackmailed or blah, 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 like, you know, like, I'm I'm going through divorce and I'm afraid that my wife's going to blackmail me with something. It's like, what if we all just live our life without doing things that would result in getting blackmailed? You're doing that right now by avoiding children. <laughs> You're preemptively preventing any sort of weird crime or blackmail or anything happening by just avoiding children altogether. And I think that that's a good idea. It's yeah, I'm avoiding pre-crime <laughs> like in yeah. the movie. Yeah, <laughs> You're, you know, you're a true hero, honestly. I don't want to salute. I don't need a clap emoji, but I, yes, I am a hero. (laughs) Whatever. So he said, no matter what happens, I'm still Perez Hilton. He said over the phone on Sunday, I'm bigger than any one app or any one thing. People will still seek me out and employ me and have me do things. I'm excited for the future. Get your old ass out of here. We're good. Also, change your fucking name back to whatever it was before. Perez Hilton, it's kind of a dated reference at this point. Although Perez Hilton does have a pretty big following still. Oh, she's huge. Did you watch her documentary? Not just about her. I I watched a documentary about influencers in general. I mean, good for her. She's reinventing over and over and over again. Yeah. I mean, never let her forget she's used the N-word publicly, but she has stayed in the public eye. Speaking of someone from the past staying in the public eye... (laughs) According to Yoohoo.com, Yoohoo, what the fuck? Yahoo. <laughs> nope. Yoohoo. <laughs> According to Yoohoo.com, that's an old reference. <laughs> if you're under 18, you don't know that. You don't know the Yahoo sound. Kirk Cameron, everyone's favorite older brother on the Growing Pains, was leading a traveling Christmas choir in protest of the COVID-19 de- guidelines. This Christian asshole. And I say that (laughs) not about all Christians, just this particular one. Hashtag not all Christians. Hashtag not all Christians. I see you. I get it. He defied Governor Gavin Newsom's guidelines put into place to help stop COVID-19 by organizing hundreds of people to come together in public to sing carols. It was outdoor in a parking lot mall of in Thousand Oaks, hundreds of massless people huddled together to sing. Health experts have warned for months that singing this close together is especially dangerous in COVID-19 because you spitting when you're singing. You spit? I spit when I speak on accident. Yeah, that's why you have that filter over your mic to protect it from COVID. And it keeps my peas from popping. Pa, pa. I need one of those. You should get a- one. I've 
I've gotten compliments on our audio sound. At least from your end, because my pussy popping all day over here. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing handstand pussy pops over there. For real. Kirk Cameron. Cameron. Kirk Kirk Cameron. He's a weird, a weird bird. He really fucking went for it after growing pains. He was like, I love the Lord, and that's going to be my whole fucking thing now. Yes. And was he that great of an actor? Show me that smile again. No place to win. He wasn't that good because they had to bring fucking baby Leo on that show. That's true. If they're bringing in Leonardo DiCaprio, hottie, uh, now... Now he's a hottie. Okay, no, but when I was watching Growing Pains, I was under 18, okay? Okay. Because they played that show on the Disney Channel, and yeah, (laughs) young Leo to a young Cassandra, very, very fucking hot. I mean, there's a reason he was plastered all over my wall in junior high. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that, well, I don't know how old he was in Growing Pains. He must have been under 18. Surely. Yeah. That You remember, like, just growing up, like, at least when we were growing up, and, like, that was, like the look of like what was hot was like a beautiful like sculpted blonde face with like that kind of dopey little like haircut you know that kind of folded up yeah that like folded over over. either side (laughs) one time i was starting at a new job a new serving job and i waited or i was maybe probably like let's say 21 and you know 21 year old cassandra obviously my tastes had moved on and i met one of the bartenders there and he looked like that and he erica he took my breath away because he was the first guy i'd ever met that looked just like that and i was like like i literally couldn't speak to him for a while like i obviously we became friends and everything was fine and i got the fuck over it but there was a hot minute where i was like i've never ever seen someone better looking than him and i don't know why (laughs) Take my breath away. Just pretty incredible. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not I'm not quite sure why protesting COVID-19 has become a well, I guess because they want to go to church and shit, but like ugh, come on, y'all. Keep religion out of politics. Keep yourself out of COVID. Keep yourself out of COVID. I'm also <laughs> so annoyed that I just said keep religion out of politics when I'm referring to COVID-19 because keep COVID-19 out of politics too, to be honest. Like let's mm. just let scientists. Tell us what to do. Speaking of COVID-19. Oh, my God. According to consequencesofsound.net, my favorite website. (laughs) Tom Cruise goes off at Mission Impossible 7 crew for breaking COVID-19 protocols. Yes, this is Cassandra's horny news story of the week. I am honestly never thought I would be on on this side of Tom Cruise and agree with him because he is the face of a very dangerous religion. Mm -hmm. But I agree with him 100%. In the leaked audio, the Mission Impossible 7 actor can be heard threatening two crew members. While he's had several famous breakdowns over the years and yelled at people randomly, surprisingly, his latest rant was not only justified but completely necessary. Nearly 50 crew members watched the Mission Impossible 7 star as he went off on two coworkers he noticed weren't following COVID-19 safety protocols. In the audio obtained by The Sun, Cruz can be heard threatening to chew, to fire two crew members after spotting them standing less than three feet apart by a computer. He said, If I see you do it again, you're fucking gone. And if I see anyone on this crew does it, that's it. You two and you two. 
And don't you ever fucking do it again. That's it. Wow. Now I'm all horny for you, Erica. Thank you so much. He went on to say, we are the gold standard. They're back in Hollywood making movies because of us. They believe in us and what we're doing, he yelled. I'm on the phone with every fucking studio at night, insurance companies, producers, and they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs, you motherfuckers. I don't want to see it again, ever. No apologies. You can tell it to the people that are losing their fucking homes because this industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table or pay their college education. That's why sleep with every night is the future of this fucking industry. Oh my God. I loved it so much. I loved it so much. And you're right. He is the face of a dangerous, dangerous religion. And there's a lot of issues, but boy, oh boy, did like, I heard that audio and I was like, Ooh, I want to like squeeze his little five, seven body. And I, I just want to hold him close to me. I want him to yell at me like that. Oh my God. Oh my God. I did. I want him to yell at me. Oh fuck. Yeah. Um, I know we're supposed to be six feet apart right now, Mr. Cruz, but I need you to be (laughs) on top of six feet, a five foot, seven feet inside. I don't know how tall he is. (laughs) I don't even think this is trash. I think it's dope. I think it's, I think what's trash about it is somebody leaked the audio thinking that they were going to make him look like a jackass. Yeah, good luck. Oh, but awesome, awesome fucking segue material. Because speaking of jackass, we have another story from consequenceofsound.net, Erica's favorite website. Steve-O and Johnny Knoxville hospitalized after Jackass 4 treadmill accident. Hey, guess what? We're making a Jackass 4 only fucking, I don't know, seven or eight years after the last one came out. When did Jackass 3 come out? Okay, well, Jackass 3D was in 2010. That's what I was thinking of. So 10 years later, so we get 10 years with no Jackass, 10 years older, their bodies. Johnny Knoxville's probably like what, like in his 60s now? I don't know. I might be exaggerating. He's 49 years old. (laughs) Jesus. He's hot, though. He's still very attractive. Yes. I'm trashed. Because of my attractiveness to him. I'm getting I'm trash too because he's getting better with age. Yeah. Two days into shooting, the two stars were injured attempting a stunt. The stunt was wearing full body musical equipment and running full speed on a treadmill. What? What musical equipment were they wearing? Tubas and... And then just running full speed. Yes. The quote from Bam Margera... On the second day of filming Jackass, and already Steve-O and Knoxville are hospitalized for jumping on a full-speed treadmill with band equipment, like a fucking tuba. So, I'm here at the clinic now taking a piss test. Rock and roll. Oh yeah, I've got some scars too. Uh, Bam Margera, not looking so hot. No, he didn't age like wine? No, he didn't. He aged like a Bud Light. (laughs) Oof. God, I used to watch his show, though, uh, according to Bam or Life with Bam or whatever like that. And he I have to I'd have to hear his voice, but he's got like the most like Midwest accent. Doesn't he just like slap his dad a lot on that show? Yeah. No, it was a fun show. I'm not gonna lie to you. We liked it. I had my my dalliances. My I dabbled with Jackass some. What? 
<laughs> I def- like I watched Jackass some when I was younger. Okay. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, who didn't? This was this was amazing. This is before YouTube. Like this is we we had was Jackass. Yeah, it was like home movie style pranks and it was it was fun. Yeah. So because of adulthood responsibilities and because their bodies can only take so much as they age, it's likely that the Jackass crew plans to leave everything on the table with Jackass 4 is what the article says. But like, again, it's been 10 years. Like, who's asking for this? Yeah, what demand is there? Like, everything on the table with Jackass 4, it, it's fine. You did it. You did the 3D movie. It's it's okay. You did the 3D movie. You did the Bad Grandpa spinoff in 2013. We've got all we need from you. Johnny Knoxville's have like, a whole fucking acting career. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, he did. You did it, buddy. And Steve-O, uh, I don't know, probably have a podcast or something. I, I don't know what he does. I know he had that documentary about how he was addicted to drugs. He taped himself to a billboard in Hollywood. Because of his stand-up special? Uh-huh. I don't know. This is, I mean, I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still watch it. I will take a recap from you. You're not going to watch the Jackass movie. After just last week, we watched A Recipe for Seduction and did a whole mini episode, and you won't watch Jackass 4. If I'm paid to do so, I will watch it. Erica. Fine. (laughs) According to NPR. (laughs) Speaking of getting paid. Ah, fuck it. Fine. Uh, According to NPR, Tyson Foods fire seven plant managers over a betting ring on workers getting COVID-19. The most shocking part of that about that headline is that Tyson stands for anything because aren't they like really, really, really bad to their animals? Yes, they are. I mean, they slaughter. It's a production slaughterhouse. <laughs> yeah. They're not gently letting them live out their age in a meadow. Yeah. It's like they mass, mass, mass. It's like foster farms, essentially. I mean, whatever. So anyways, the chicken that you can buy at Walmart, they fired seven plant managers over a betting ring. Yes. Company, one of the largest meat suppliers in the nation, launched an independent investigation into the complaint last month, suspending without pay the managers allegedly involved. Former U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder led the investigation. The behaviors exhibited by these individuals do not represent the Tyson core values, which is why we took an immediate and appropriate action to get the truth, said uh, CEO of Tyson, Dean Banks. Now that the investigation is concluded, we are taking actions based on the findings. That's what he sounds like, right? Absolutely. Thank you. More than a thousand employees at the plant in Waterloo have been infected by the virus, and at least six have died. Oof. The virus spread across the community. Black Hawk County has seen some 12,000 cases and 193 deaths. Most of the plant's 2,800 employees are immigrants and refugees. That's not nice. See, that's the thing is that you're like, who's going to get COVID at work? You're not thinking about their families and their families, whoever they see, or. It's not very nice. They had a a cash buy-in, winner-take-all betting pool for supervisors and managers to wager how many employees would test positive for COVID-19. This is what happens when we don't have sports. Yeah, thank God for the NBA bubble or more things like this would be popping up. The Blackhawk County Sheriff Tony Thompson visited the plant along with health officials in April. He told the New York Times, a website that Cassandra pays for, not to brag, that the working conditions 
Workers were crowded elbow to elbow, not wearing face coverings. And quote, it shook him to the core. I'm not going to lie to you. If I worked in a meat plant, no matter where COVID was, I would kind of want to wear a mask. Is that wild? No, I would 100% wear a mask just from the smell and just, pro- I mean, you're processing animals. Like there's bound to be splatter. Blech, Erica, Ugh, why did you say that? Ugh. The Tyson offered $500 thank you bonuses to employees who showed up for every scheduled shift for three months. A policy that the plaintiffs argue incentivized sick workers to keep working. Tyson spokesman did not confirm whether such incentives were offered or respond directly to other allegations from the pending litigation. I don't know. That to me sounds like I would just continue to work if I was sick, if I knew $500 was coming. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Nicholson, a representative for Tyson, said, we're saddened by the loss of any team members and sympathize with their families. Our top priority was health and safety of our workers, and we've implemented a host of protective measures at our facilities that meet or exceed CDC and OSHA guidelines for preventing COVID-19. Doesn't sound like it. No, it doesn't sound like it, does it? Yeah, I mean, I don't tend to buy chicken from these big brands like this anyways. I like a chicken who's lived its life. And Where uh, do you get your your poultry? We have a wonderful grocery store here in Echo Park called Cookbook. And it's a very small little grocery store. I will buy meat from there sometimes because they get their meats like organic and from smaller farms like here in California. Or I'll just buy my meat at Whole Foods and I'll tell myself that it's probably okay. Okay. That's fair. I think I that's do the same thing with Costco. But like I feel like I you know it's hard to say like Kirkland chickens are treated better than Tyson chickens because I actually don't know that. That's very fair. Let's get into our next story from the LATimes.com. Do you pay for the LA Times? No, but I should. We should have coast-to-coast coverage. I know, because right now we're just very slanted. My favorite Real Housewife is Erica Jane, a.k.a. Uh Erica Girardi, married to legal titan Tom Girardi. But this week has been an absolute explosion in Housewife news as Erica has filed for divorce from Tom, and it's come out that Tom Girardi has been siphoning money into Erica Girardi's companies as loans, hiding it from victims of plaintiffs or from lawsuits that he's won. And on Friday night, Erica Girardi posted screenshots for about 40 minutes on her Instagram of Tom Girardi allegedly cheating and then deleted it. And this story takes kind of gives some background and illuminates a little bit more about the wealth and the lifestyle that they were living and goes into the fall of Erica and Tom. Okay. Hold on. Is she Beverly Hills? She's Beverly Hills. Yes. Great. That was my first question. Second question. She was proving his like siphoning money or she was accusing him of cheating. She was accusing him of cheating The courts have been accused, both of them, of siphoning and hiding assets, basically. So this is one of those things where it was kind of like, because she's choosing to get a divorce, now she's like kind of playing herself because they've been doing a lot of illegal shit? It's a big old gray mess. Okay. She's she's filed for spousal support. He's saying he can't pay spousal support. She has a $40,000 a month lifestyle and maintenance. 
that Tom has been helping her pay for all these years. She abandoned her child when he was three. What? To Yes, she now has a relationship with her son, but she abandoned him when he was three years old, left him with family, married this older lawyer, and then five years later went back and and got custody of her son. This is your favorite housewife? These are all things that are coming to light. (laughs) Okay, so you didn't know this stuff first. We weren't we weren't all aware of what was going on with Tom and Erica Girardi, uh, okay. but it is a expose in the L.A. Times that is it's just wild. Girardi, Tom Girardi testified at one point I had 80 or 50 million in cash. That's all gone. He said, I don't have any money. What the fuck? And he's and he's 81 years old. Is he still practicing law? Absolutely still practicing law. Sharp as a tack. Oh, my God. It's a very long story. And even if you don't like Housewives, it's a it's a great read. I highly recommend you to check it out. It's just legal drama between two assholes, basically. And she had a pop career? She is a pop star with songs like Painkiller and How Many Fucks Do I Give? And It's Expensive to Be Me. So you recommended a Real Housewives franchise as one of your hoardings a few weeks ago. You recommended the brand new Salt Lake City Housewives, and and I'm watching it. It's my first delve into the Housewives world. I did watch Housewives occasionally with an old roommate in my early, early 20s, but didn't really stick for me. Mm-hmm. And I do think to myself... Because I, I watch the kind of lives they live and maybe I just don't have a good concept of how much a million dollars is or what it means to be a millionaire. Maybe it's because I live in LA and I'm like, yeah, everyone's house is like worth over a million dollars. So it must not be that much money. But like these women have or their families, I mean, they have a fucking shit ton of money or something, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm talking about like um, Mary that, you know, Mary Crosby. Who, Mary Co- Mary Crosby, Cosby, whatever. She's she threw a party and everyone got like specialized Louis Vuitton AirPods. And I'm like, how many how much do those cost? And you bought eight of them and then you go to her like house and she's like hoarding. Like literally her house looks like a hoarder lives there of like hoarding like designer stuff. Like where's this money coming from? What do they it's do? A, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors, but Mary particularly is a very evil woman as she is the head of a church. Yeah, I would be pissed watching this show if I saw like I saw how she lived and I went to that church. She makes her parishioners tithe and when they come to collect money, people stand and guard the doors so that people can't leave. Now, you can obviously just walk right out, but there's like an intimidation factor. Like she's a bad person. Yeah. These are Bad women, and I absolutely love everything about them. God, <laughs> that's that's some real trash. I'm not gonna lie. I can't get enough. I and what's gonna make me angry is Erica's very guarded. This Erica Jane, and she's not going to talk about this on next season of Housewives because she'll say it's oh it's in the courts, and it's like I'm sorry if you're on the show. I pay to hear about your fucking life, and I want to know what a mess it is. What do you pay? Who do you pay? Cable? I pay for Bravo. That Bravo pays her salary. Thus, I, I in some way 
have ownership over these people's <laughs> stories. <laughs> I deserve it. God I damn it. You I admit that, that you're claiming ownership over. I mean, I, tr- I support you. Speaking of people I support. Mm-hmm. According to the New York Post, a naked man was filmed rollerblading in, on an Ohio highway wearing only a panda head. Ooh, that must have been chilly. His commute was total pandemonium. Nice. <laughs> I couldn't wait to say that. <laughs> he was zipping at a remarkably high speed while clutching a golf club on the I-670 the Colum- or in Columbus on Tuesday, irking drivers who honked and gawked. This dude's on the freeway naked, one stunned motorist can be heard saying as he shoots wild footage of the incident. Okay, so this is all fine and good. What happens if you fucking fall? Oh, you get you get road rash everywhere. Or a car hits you and you die. Butt-ass naked the way you came into this world. And with a panda head on, yes, of course. But he he was like in a lane. Did you see the video? Yes, he was taking up like a full lane of traffic as if he were one of the cars. And like, yeah, if he falls, the car behind him is going to slam on their brakes. There's going to be a lot of people getting rear-ended. This is really dangerous. Like, did he get arrested or anything? No, nobody knows who he was. This is the thing. Is like, I think it's funny to an extent. Although, if there's kids in the car, nobody wants to see your fucking dick. This is so dangerous and... I think that like there's like a bias that gets that grows when people do things for viral videos and don't get super hurt that they mm-hmm. just like then you you see it and you're like okay well I can do that too. Which is why every jackass movie and show always started with a disclaimer <laughs> to not participate, to not do it. And so I just like I again like this is all very fun but like I would be as someone who has to drive on freeways, like, please, please, please do not rollerblade on the fucking freeway because you're going to hurt. You might hurt yourself and you might hurt a lot of other people. And if you're going to do it, have the decency to not wear a panda head. Like, let us know who you are. Really? I feel like there's like a sense of, of liberation that would come with doing it completely in the buff. Sure. But when you're hiding behind like a mask or a panda head in this circumstance, which is COVID safe, I suppose. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's keeping up with the pace of traffic. It's pretty wild. Uh, I don't know. It makes me nervous. Speaking of pretty wild, our next story comes to us from the New York Post.com. Boo. British man is jailed for jet ski ride across the Irish Sea to see girlfriend, but he can't swim. A love-struck British Romeo who landed in hot water after riding a jet ski across the Irish Sea to visit his gal pal amid the coronavirus pandemic. Okay, rude New York Post. Is it his girlfriend or his gal pal? I want to know. He had less than 10 minutes of fuel left and doesn't know how to swim. Scotsman Dale McLaughlin, 28, had never rode a water scooter before, spent four and a half hours on the craft in his madcap dash to visit his girlfriend in the Isle of Man. So he got jailed for four weeks after admitting to arriving there unlawfully. Are we not allowed to be on the Irish Sea? What's, what is this? What's so special about this? Is that where the Loch Ness Monster lives? Yes, that is where the Loch Ness Monster lives. Our friend and Patreon supporter, the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> This is stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This should this belongs in dumb people town. <laughs> that was like just like me turning into my mother for a second. 
<laughs> just like <laughs> calling it out, <laughs> offering nothing, no information <laughs> other than the very obvious, which is this is stupid. <laughs> a family friend told the Daily Mail that McLaughlin is a nice lad, but thick as a brick. And the craziest thing is that he can't even swim. Why everyone's like so obsessed about that part as if that's like the problem. My biggest problem is if it's illegal to take a jet ski on the Irish Sea, then don't do it. And also, are there not other ways to get to Ireland? He walked the 15 miles to his girlfriend Jessica Radcliffe's house in the Isle of Man's capital, Douglas, on Friday. But he was arrested after being stopped during a night of drinking. So it wasn't necessarily the jet ski. (laughs) He was being an ass. Meanwhile, uh, Jessica Radcliffe, his gal pal girlfriend, has two school-aged daughters and is not in trouble with the law, but will have to spend Christmas in quarantine because of her boyfriend's ill-fated voyage. How dare you put those children at risk and ruin their holiday, potentially? You fucked up Christmas. You fucked it all up. Speaking of fucked up, our next story comes to us from NBCLosAngeles.com. A man with coronavirus-like symptoms dies shortly after a flight heading to L.A. And where was he leaving from? Florida. He had just recently been to Disney World. You're kidding. Nope. So he went to Disney World and caught Corona or gave people at gave people at Disney World Corona? We don't know, but don't fucking go to fucking Disney World right now. I can't believe it's still open. It's it's absolutely wild. Florida's filling up. There's no ICU beds in Oklahoma. They're ripping up conference rooms in hospitals to make room for ICU beds. And people in are Oklahoma? still going to places like Disney World. In Oklahoma, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no ICU beds here. There's no ICU beds in LA. It's bad. So the passenger filled out a form before the flight saying that he had not tested positive for COVID-19 and had no symptoms of the disease. That's a form that if you've flown at all during COVID, everyone has to fill out that form. It's probably for, I mean, it's for contract tracing and also, I guess, to cover the flight's ass. But um, mm-hmm. they can the way they could probably sue you, right? You're a lawyer. Yeah. It, I'm a lawyer, <laughs> yeah. as we know. Erica Curry, Esquire. This is really shitty because, you know, all four flight attendants now are quarantined and I mean, I'm, I'm sure that the airlines are probably paying them for it. I mean, this sucks. Oh, and they had to make an emergency landing, didn't they? In New Orleans. Where he, oh my God, wait, did he die on the fucking plane? Died shortly thereafter. So he signed it and said, I'm good, has some complications, and then they landed in New Orleans and then he died. Mm-hmm. Of COVID. A woman who tweeted on Monday night that she overheard the man's wife saying he had COVID-19 did not immediately respond to a request for a comment from the Associated Press. This is fucking super fucking scary and, and fucked up. Yeah. I mean, you can control only so many things. You can't control, you know, Other being people? on an airplane, like, it's just not worth it to me right now. Wow. This is, yeah. We don't like this. It's fucked up and it's it's pretty trashy of the family. To fly knowing that you have COVID. Stay out of Disneyland or in Disney World, you guys. Stay out of Orlando. Stay out of Florida, probably. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to come for the whole state like that. I'm just, I'm really ready. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm fucking super ready, girl. Are you ready for the dumpster fire of the motherfucking week? (laughs) Click, click, click. 
This week comes to us from TexasMonthly.com, who has some of the best reporting and journalism out there. If you haven't picked up the Texas Monthly, I highly recommend. Really? They do in-depth, deep, deep dives over subjects, and it is fantastic. Get it, Texas. So Texas wedding photographers have seen some shit. A wedding photographer who had already spent an hour or two inside with an unmasked wedding party and one or had a bridesmaid approach her and thank her for still showing up considering, quote, everything that's going on with the groom. When the photographer asked her what she meant by that, photographer the Erica. What did I say? Photographer. When the photographer asked what she meant by that, the bridesmaid said the groom had tested positive for the coronavirus the day before. She was looking at me to be like, oh, that's crazy. Like I was just going to agree with her. Like it was all fine, the photographer recalls. So I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, no, 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 no. Don't freak out. He doesn't have any symptoms. He's fine. So this photographer has asthma and she has three kids and her and her assistant left before the night was over and the exit was a little tense. The wedding planner was mad. She said it was unprofessional and the bridesmaids were accusing her of heartlessly ruining an innocent woman's wedding day. An innocent woman. Bitch, you're not innocent if your groom is just tested positive for coronavirus. You are one of the least innocent people who is fucking there. Cancel your wedding. Guilty. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Agreed. She says one of the bridesmaids told her, I'm a teacher. I have 14 students. If I'm willing to risk it, why aren't you? Fuck you, bitch. You cannot. You're not. You're risking yourself. You're risking all 14 of those kids who maybe don't want to take that risk. And all 14 of their families. This is so bullshit. Another one of them said everyone was going to get COVID eventually. So what's the big deal? Friend of the bride who'd spilled the beans cried about being the worst bridesmaid ever. So after the photographer left, she canceled her Thanksgiving plans with the family. He uh, sent her kids to her relative's house and informed the bride of her upcoming or informed the brides of her upcoming weddings, saying that she'd be subcontracting to other shooters. Shooters like photo shooters. (laughs) I said the word shooters and I got nervous. A few days later, she started to feel sick and sure enough, tested positive for coronavirus. She informed the couple, but they didn't care, she says. They didn't offer to compensate her for the test, nor did they apologize for getting her sick. I wonder how many other people got sick at this wedding. Yeah, did it become a super spreader? (sighs) So weddings are complicated events, and a lot of people have been rescheduling. I I was supposed to be in three weddings in the year 2020, so I know a lot. I know people who are rescheduling and rescheduling and canceling. It's not easy. It's especially not easy when you're up against like businesses because essentially, I mean, the wedding industry is a business and you're planning a wedding is hard enough. You know, mm-hmm. you're competing, you're, you're going to cancel with a lot of people and a lot of different cancellation policies and a lot of different opinions, unfortunately, on COVID. But at the end of the day, if you're having a wedding, you're you're risking a lot of people. It's it's an it's a party. It's a big party, essentially. And at the heart of it is two people pledging a union to each other, which can be done on any goddamn day of the year. Yes. But the party is very important to people, and I'm not taking away from that. God knows I love a wedding. Weddings are fucking fun. Weddings are fun. I get not wanting to postpone. I get wanting to have a specific anniversary date. 
But again, you can go to the courthouse, wear a mask, and get married any day. Yeah, or like do it on Zoom if you want to get it done. But like a lot of people are downsizing their guest lists. But in many cases, that it just means that what was once a 500 person wedding is now a 250 person wedding. And then or even just like a false sense of security. If you're someone who is going to have a 100 person wedding, you're like, well, there's only 50 of us now. So the fuck what? What, you think you're safer because it's 50 people now? Mm -hmm. It ain't. If you're dying to get married, go outside and no more amount of people than can stand six feet away from each other. You and your five people who are all wearing masks. Like, do that then. I don't know. Are you familiar with the subreddit, Am I the Asshole? No. So on Reddit, there's a subreddit called Am I the Asshole? And it's where people pose the question, am I the asshole? And people respond, you're the asshole, not the asshole, no assholes here. Like as in nobody's the asshole, this is just a bad situation. And I recently found a post where a woman came on and said, am I the asshole? My son and his future bride are having to pare down their wedding. And she said, our wedding. Ew. Ew. She's like, the couple's having to pare down our wedding. She has, you know, each person gets to bring 10 guests and there's not enough space for my parents to come. But she made the post like about her special day, about how her parents wouldn't be able to attend. But the other, but the bride-to-be would have her grandmother there. Well, the bride-to-be found the Reddit. (gasps) And said, I think you're my mother-in-law based on the very specific things that you've posted about. Oh, my God. And then later confirmed it. Yep, you are my mother-in-law. The only reason why my grandmother is attending is because she's officiating the wedding. Your son didn't have room for his grandparents at his wedding, uh, you know, of his 10 people allotted. Yeah, your and son you is said the one your choosing. wedding multiple times. Exactly. Oh my God. And everyone it was, was a like, wild. You're, the asshole. you're the asshole. You're the asshole. Yep. Ooh, she got just, it handed to her. I just added that subreddit. I don't really check Reddit that often, but like, I do like things like that. It was a pretty juicy one. She confirmed like, yes, this is my mother-in-law. Here's more information about the wedding. Here's more information about the mother-in-law. And it was juicy. Yeah, okay. So here's here's my final statement on the on the subject. I love weddings and I cannot fucking fathom how hard it must be to mm-hmm. have to cancel your wedding because of COVID. Like I bawled my eyes out just because I couldn't have a 30th birthday. I cannot imagine missing out on a wedding because of fucking corona. But oof, I, this shit really pisses me off. Well, it just it puts people in danger. One person quoted in this article says, she recalls an event where the groom approached her at the end of the night, shouting with his gratitude over the sounds of the DJ. He was excited and happy and saying, thank you. I just felt spit land on my face. Oh, my God. Yeah, she said, I have children. Uh, she said this to a bridesmaid. What if my children died? And the bridesmaid, and the bridesmaid responded, I understand, but this is her wedding day. This is her wedding day. It's pretty outrageous. Most of these wedding photographers quoted saying, you don't have to wear a mask. Don't worry. None of us have the Rona. None of us have the Rona. Gotta love when it gets a little nickname. It's just pretty outrageous. I've said said the words the Rona before. I'm not, I shouldn't be such a hater on that. It sounds like the title to this episode. The Rona. (laughs) The Rona. Are you hoarding anything this week? Why, yes, I am, Cassandra. 
What is it? I am hoarding the little movie Love Actually. What? I'm hoarding Love Actually. <gasps> oh my god. I love Love Actually. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. What, what? Tell us about it. Well, last night there was a little get together of some friends and we did a drinking game to Love Actually. And it's a, if, a COVID if you're not safe familiar, a COVID safe Zoom get together. Okay, good. If you're not familiar, Love Actually is a movie that has about eight different subplots. Mm-hmm. And at various points, they intersect like people know each other. Mm-hmm. But it's all about love in mm-hmm. Britain mm-hmm. right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it starts off with a airport montage, which was very upsetting because people are hugging at Heathrow Airport. It has a very upsetting 9-11 monologue at the top of the movie. When the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the phone calls from the people on board were messages of hate or revenge. They were messages of love. And if you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. Woof. That's the end of that monologue, um, (laughs) which I borderline know by heart. (laughs) So we played a drinking game, and every time the word actually was uttered, you take a drink. Anytime anybody swears, take a drink. Uh, When Billy Max Christmas All Around Us plays, take a drink. When you see a note on Sam's door, take a drink. When there's a story crossover, take a drink. Oh, my God. If there's nudity, take a drink. If Sarah's phone rings, take a drink. Oh, my God. If you spot someone wearing a turtleneck, take a drink. Oh, my God. Jamie tries to speak in Portuguese, take a drink. Oh, this is a great way to get really, really fucking drunk. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. And the night ended with grilled cheeses. (laughs) I love it. To soak up all the alcohol. I'm hoarding Love Actually. I watch it every Christmas. It's a fun little movie. What are yeah. you hoarding? Uh, I watch it every every Christmas too. And although there are some pretty glaring problems, it is a fucking delight. And in fact, I am on an upcoming or the most recent episode of the Succotash Shut-In Show. And we talk about love actually. So what, uh, what brilliant timing for that plug. I am hoarding, you're going to laugh, but I mean it. I am hoarding the New York Times cooking app. <laughs> I pay for it. <laughs> it's extra, but I've made now, I think like three or four of the recipes since I got the app. I just made a, a spicy chicken thigh two days ago, and then um, I made roast beef, and I made um, this slow cooker, like salsa verde chicken, and I've made carrots. I've made a four or five recipes. I'm lying now that I'm looking. These recipes are killers, man. They're so good. I don't remember how much I paid for it. I think I paid for the year. It was probably like 30 bucks. I don't I don't know. I don't know how much it was, but no regrets. All the recipes have been great. <laughs> God damn it. I do love the New York Times. <laughs> That's excellent. Thanks. Are you throwing anything out? I am throwing away, holding on to traditions that do not serve you. Mm-hmm. Just because your family or your friends or, you know, this is a thing that always happens. You know, this has been a very hard year. This has been a very unusual year. It's time to make new traditions and you don't have to do things that don't serve you. Yes, 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 Erica. Good for you. 
thank you. I'm trying to make new traditions. I'm trying not just do things because I feel obligated to do things, but I'm trying to branch out and do some new stuff. And in the times of the Rona, it's a it's a, a true rush to have moments where you're like, oh yeah, I forgot. I'm a fucking adult. I'm the boss here. I don't have to do anything that anybody fucking tells me to do. It's it's thrilling. And I'm not trying to like come down and be like, you know, like break your parents' heart. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I am trying to say if you come from a family where being around them is fucking miserable, but you feel pressure from them to be around them each holiday anyways, like fucking no, don't. You're the you're the grown-up. Mm-hmm. You're a grown-up. You don't have to go there anymore. And they can make you feel however bad that they want, but guess what? You're going to be feeling fine when you're doing what the fuck you want to do. So I agree with you 100%, Erica. Are you throwing anything out? Throwing out that stupid $600 stimulus check. That's what rich people think, poor people think a lot of money is. And it's yeah. so upsetting. I'm poor and I literally was saying, I don't think I understand how much money a million dollars is. Clearly, we don't know anything. I just, I, I'm I'm shook by it. It's like people are on the brinks of losing their homes and yada, 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 yada. Can imagine Imagine you're only 600 behind. Like, no, you're not. It's not enough. Fuck you with your stupid 600 bucks and then 12. So, uh, yes, you've gotten $1,800 for the whole year. Okay. You can't even live off of $18,000 a year in this country. Mm -mm. But, hey, thanks, government. Thanks for taxing the shit out of me. You know, this $600 will come in handy while the police you know, have fucking fighter jet helicopters that burn $100,000 a minute or whatever the fuck they do. Yeah, it's not even going to pay, pay my rent. It's no, I mean, 1200, make, 1200 didn't pay my fucking rent. It's barely going to cover my student loan. Yeah. For a month. Yeah, it's pretty garbage what our yeah. country is. Thanks for making my car payment, my insurance payment for yeah. one month. For a month. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. Great. Just in time for after Christmas. I think I'm going to sock it away and put it into my savings account and use it for my when we get to go back to Vegas fund. Ooh, can I come on that trip? Oh, absolutely. Hell yeah. We'll take a party bus all the way to Vegas. (laughs) That would cost more than 600 bucks. Nope, not in my head. Not in this (laughs) imagination. I'm not going to tear down your dreams. Not yet. Where can the people find you, Cass? At Cass Cardenas on Instagram and Twitter. Every Tuesday night on the Nooner Podcast on the Smodcast Radio Network. Not this upcoming Tuesday, though. We're taking the week off because of the holidays. But we just started our new Buzzsaw 3 What Now Hollywood Sunrise. It is a love story Christmas movie type thing that's going to go into January (laughs) because we are massive trolls. Where can the people find you, Erica? You can find me at Iconic Erica Curry on Instagram and at Gilly Gal on Twitter. And I just want to give a big shout out to one of our followers, to Mark Hanratty. And they took our suggestion of the Mick Gangbang and made their own sandwich called the Mick Orgy. And oh, they are wow. coming to us from Scotland. Yes. And we just want to say thank you so much. And we really appreciate the listens. We appreciate the follow. And we hope that the sandwich didn't give you a heart attack. <laughs> We love it. Thank you so much. Happy holidays, listeners. I believe this is our last show before Christmas or if you celebrate Hanukkah that ended recently. And yeah, we love you and you're just the best gift we could have ever received. Truly, truly, truly could not have asked for better 
better listenership. Just overwhelmed when you when you write to us. It's mm-hmm. just it's we're in so many countries now. We have so many downloads, and we see that you're telling a friend. We see your reviews in mm-hmm. the charts, and I just want to give another uh, listener trash, which is a review from Charming Screenwriter Seventeen. I'm trash this month because I keep forgetting to rate and review. Oh. But they did. They went ahead and gave us five stars in the Apple iTunes chart, which helps us grow in the charts and helps us reach more listeners. And we're so grateful to everyone. What a charming screenwriter you are. What a charming. Uh, You can find us at Trashy Trashy Podcast at gmail.com and Trashy Trashy Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Write to us. And tell us the trashiest thing that happened at your holiday party, whatever it is, whether you're spending Christmas alone and you (laughs) drink multiple bottles of wine or whether, you know, you see some family and it's like, we're sure that you're all being COVID safe. Tell us the trashiest thing that happened, please. We'd love it. (laughs) Okay. Hey, hey, trash. Oops. Hey, (laughs) cast. What's up, girl? You stay garbage. You stay garbage trash. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You should keep that. (laughs) 